verbal tap. It's we're rolling hot. Fight night something happened. Who can keep track? Raph Benson Henderson. UFC fight night sixty. Whatever submitted someone. Was it an accident? Like, did they trip and fall? And on his way to trying to win a decision, he accidentally submitted him. What? What happened? I'm First sorry, of all, how are you doing? Are you great? Are, thank you for asking and and muddling a question somewhere in there. Yeah. Are you? Talking shit about the guy who went up a weight class and had a David versus Goliath match up with somebody David who when versus people versus Goliath. This wasn't Brandon Schaub. Okay, he, he okay, didn't fine. fight. Did you? Travis but did Brown. you look at the two of them the day before, like yeah, most social media, yeah. and say, "I don't know about this fight." Yes, I did. Okay, <laughs> so sure did. okay, great, great. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't just inventing. Uh, some crazy thing. And to everyone's credit, yes, obviously I'm excited he took this fight. He made it interesting. And I think the bigger issue is this fight was way more exciting than Bendo, which I've also discovered he hates being called. Uh, <laughs> his fight against Donald Cerrone. And if you were to input that into a computer, the computer would break. It wouldn't make sense. That computer no. would be like, you're a douche. No. Like, wait, what? Invalid. And then I'd say, how do you know the word douche, computer? Yeah, what are you, chappy? Don't be so rude. Topical joke, because it's a movie coming out that looks weird. Anyway, um, I just, I, I'm confused as to uh, what this does for us. Because A, it was a great fight, and... Now, if you really start to do the the fun math of it and figure out where uh, Benson's role in the 170 category is, how many more interesting fights do you come up with? And more importantly, how long do you see that going? I was going to ask you this. Is he going to stick around like, if he's kicking ass at 170? I mean, fuck it. You know? 155 has his back. We're very... Um, not clear as to what's going to happen. So there was a lot of ambiguity in between uh, if he's going to stay at 170 or if he's going to continue to make the cut. And it's it's a strange place because I guess to a certain extent he feels that with Pettis ruling that division, what is he going to do right now? Fair. And Pettis looking great. And then on the same side, could you even – and he even called out Rory McDonald, who, what? yeah, he called out Rory McDonald afterwards and said, "Yeah, I totally would love to get a crack at Rory McDonald." And Rory, to his zero personality credit, <laughs> responded in kind the next day by saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! I got enough people calling me out left and right. I've got now lightweights calling me out." Okay, whatever. And I thought it was a very funny remark on his part. Uh, the extent of which Rory McDonald can be funny, but uh, it's, it's just an interesting question to figure out where is Benson's place. So, do you have a preference? Do you want to see him continue uh, beating the odds? I guess one could say, and continuing to go, to go in the one seventy. I don't really give a shit. I just like that he's fighting and he's got some edge to him. I don't. I don't. Like it's hard to give a ton of shit where Benson fights. As long as he keeps fighting, I'm I'm a happy camper. Plus. And dare I say, he needed something to spark him. He's a streaky fighter, I think, more so. And he still feels like one of those guys, still feels like it, that could beat anyone 
on any night. Like he just does feel like someone that could walk in and beat Pettis four or six times out of fifteen fights, which is a pretty interesting percentage point to give. So I'm excited to see these going. I'm excited to hear he won. I didn't get to see the fight. I kept trying to click back and forth, but couldn't find it. Just okay. Had terrible timing. I'm sorry. Uh, it was it was a great fight. I was really excited to see a re-energized uh, Benson. And one thing that I think is probably what makes him such a great fighter and maybe sometimes not exactly a fan favorite is that he does come in with great strategy. What he was utilizing with uh, Don Cerrone were some interesting kicks to kind of uh, create some distance to not let Cerrone get in on the inside. On this particular one, it seemed like... He just didn't give a fuck. He came in with a great strategy, and he was not only outstriking. Uh, every time I see this guy's name, I think it was like I want to call Margaret Thatcher just because the name is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's Thacker is what it is. Do you know? I don't, I really don't. Uh, because they kept saying it, and every time they did it, I kept saying like, "You mean." Uh, Margaret Thatcher over here. It's actually Brandon Thatch. Uh, but uh, Brandon Thatch, to his credit, good fight. Um, really put up a, a very, very uh, noble effort. And more importantly, after the fight, uh, just said he was honored to fight Benson in front of his hometown. And obviously it was bummed he lost, but I think he still recognized it was a good fight. So uh, a lot of credit to everybody. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, some other interesting things that were happening. Always. Uh, well, let's let's before we close that out. I do want to give a shout out to maybe the best Twitter handle I saw go up in some time. Yeah. And uh, we want to give a quick shout out to the the new uh, Twitter handle, which is Bendo's Toothpick. <laughs> yes, a uh, an entire Twitter dedicated just to Benson Henderson's toothpick. You can find it at Bendo's toothpick. Pretty funny. And by the way. <laughs> uh very excited to see what comes of that because like that is they're like I'm still here. <laughs> I but like I Kev, do you have a, 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 the finalizing opinion on this toothpick angle because I'm not sure I still feel okay. I, even though I know he's fighting with it. Yeah, I've kind of like made peace with it, but I half I half expect like there's no way you can ever not expect it to be sticking out of his gums at the end of a fight. Because <laughs> when you get knocked out, you get catatonically knocked unconscious. Yeah. It's not a funny state. It's not. I mean, I mean, it can be like pending. It's humor inducing, but it's a very serious state. So we'll see. As long as that doesn't happen, I'm fine with it. But if it happens, I will vomit. Absolutely. And <laughs> that'll be it for me. Our friend, uh, Eric Jackman, uh, tweeted out the following fight night, and it said, The way Benson Henderson plays with his toothpicks makes me nervous. <laughs> I have a very physical reaction to it. And uh, I sent him a note that said, uh, You and me both, man. I turn into the world's oldest parent every time I watch him fight, yelling at the TV screen, Take it out of your mouth, son! And uh, he responded in kind by saying, I start gulping and panicking. It's pitiful. And uh, I think this is a reaction a lot of people have. Just because, like you said, you're in control until you're not in control in mixed martial arts. Yeah. And that split second when it, you're not in control, shit can happen. So I'm just, I don't, 
I don't get it. I don't understand it, and I will continue to complain about it as is my American right. So thank you. Uh, but yes, you did. So you did. You see parts of other fights? Is what you were saying? Nothing that's terribly coherent. I'm having some knee pain. <laughs> I occasionally take a very high octane painkiller that relieves mm-hmm. some of the tension caused by said knee injury, which can mm-hmm. at times said cause me to completely lose what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) God, Kevin. Well, let me fill you in on a couple things that happened uh, elsewhere on UFC Fight Night. Henderson versus Margaret Thatcher. Uh, (laughs) Elsewhere down the line. That would have killed if that were the It would have really killed. And you know what? You probably would have taken her to a decision. (laughs) I can guarantee that. Uh, elsewhere on the card, we had Max Holloway versus Cole Miller, which was a, a kind of interesting fight. But the bigger takeaway here was uh, Cole Miller got headbutted once. And he was a little confused, and they, they gave him his time. He gets headbutted again and is just looking at the ref and, and signaling to him w- with an expression on his face that says, you, you want to step in here? I'm just continuing to get headbutted. Uh, I don't think that it really took away from anything else in the fight. It was pretty basic, as was there, so that was cool to watch. Neil Magny had a very, very nice performance over uh, uh, a name that only is begging for me to uh, just sound racist as I say it. So uh, he beat a very, very uh, capable Asian dude. Okay. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, Dan Kelly and Patrick Walsh. So you may remember Patrick Walsh. I think he was on season 19 of The Ultimate Fighter, and he was referred to as Fat Pat Okay, on that show. And, uh, you know, I, I remembered making a, a case on our show saying, well, you know, fighter fat is different. It's how we joke with each other. I like to say that I'm jiu-jitsu fat, but normal people size, if you would. Uh, how many pounds do you think Pat came in overweight? Uh, four. Well, it was a 191.5 catch weight. So you can do that math if you would like to. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was not great. So it, it actually, there were a lot of people who were tweeting really angry uh, responses to that, and uh, if you are so interested, I will read you one. But Please. I'm going to let you know. It's Kev. It's how lean mean do you like your tweets to be? Um, I don't like them to be like above a seven. You don't like them to be above a seven? Okay. No, not normally. Uh, how do you think that I normally talk to you? Let's start there. At a three. To a oh, okay. So I'm not. That's actually pretty good. I thought that you would rank me as being way meaner than that. No, no, no. no. I mean, okay. at times, like you have your moments. <laughs> uh, because it is one of the ones that when I was looking online, I saw this go up and I, I laughed. <sighs> All right, here we go. In response to the fight between Fat Pat. And Dan Kelly, our good friend Jimmy Quinlan, put up, uh, pretty sure the UFC accidentally just cut to a feed outside a local bar for that last fight. (laughs) And 
and I was I was like, damn, that one stings because it's pretty accurate. <laughs> so our thanks to Jimmy Quinlan for He's that like, like wonderful clip. Great. Yep. Uh, elsewhere, Kevin Lee and Michael Bozaris, just a fine fight. If I can encourage you to do one thing, Kevin, I will tell you, go watch Ray Borg get a disgustingly sick transition. Kimura against uh, Chris Kalades. It was a thing of beauty. I might have to go look at that. Those sound like things I really like seeing in secession you know that was a lot of things i like seeing so i i mean i honestly and and ray borg was just doing some great jujitsu work but uh you you knew he was gonna land something and it came in the third of the fight but it was uh it was pretty spectacular i was i was a big fan uh i think it was one of my favorite execution uh submission in a while so everything else i will oh let's let's talk about two more things real quick uh zach Murkowski and tim elliott had a crazy fight uh james moonwalker moon Tasari. i want to call him montessori academy but he he had a really crazy fight that he was looking super dominant in but let's bring up one thing real quick uh, are you familiar with uh rodrigo de lima kevin i am not okay so you don't know what he looks like no. Okay, good news. Neither does Fox Sports 1 because <laughs> when they were getting ready to put up his fight, they put a picture of our good friend Diego Lima. No way. Oh, not yeah. fighting on the card, by the way. Was absolutely not fighting on the card. In fact, uh, my fiance looked at me and goes, do I know this fighter? And I go, no, you don't know this guy. Oh, shit. And my first thought was, did Diego changed his name? Like, is this him trying to act like an adult? Like when, you know, your friend Timmy wants to be referred to as Timothy in front of adults? Your I go, Diego de Lima. That, that was personal, this? whoever you were talking about. Well, he, he knows what he did. Uh, <laughs> so it's just funny that you see, you know, Diego's name there with the picture and I put it up very quickly, and sure enough, uh, it had already gotten over to Diego, where he just goes, no, guys, no, I'm not fighting this one. I'm fighting in two weeks in Los Angeles. This is going to be fun. So uh, props to him uh, for, for doing that. And uh, even better news, we get to see Diego fight in two weeks, and I didn't know that. So that congratulations. Awesome. To Efrain, and uh, yeah, that's about it on that event. You know all the stuff. You're paying attention. You're tuned in, my friend. You're locked in. I'm just impressed. Yeah. Just my yeah, compliments. Thank you. Um, what else do we have on the docket? Dana White says things are going on Wednesday. He's announcing some things. Are they going to start penalizing fighters for failing drug tests, or what do you think? Is he announcing that he's that it's all over? Like, what's the <laughs> UFC is disbanding? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll I'll pose a theory, but I'll ask you: Do you did you want to talk to Dana? Because I do have him on the line. Oh God, yeah. Let me put you okay. on hold. But, but wait, wait, wait. Before we system. do that, let me let me pose this out. Uh, Dana was talking recently about how there are going to be serious repercussions not just for steroid people but for missed weight classes 
Whoa. So I don't know if it's both, if it's one of those, but they said, um, I'll see you guys on Wednesday. We're going to talk about stuff, and it's not fun stuff. Believe me. Well, it doesn't sound like fun stuff, the way he's talking. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, let's put you on hold and let's bring Dane on. Okay. And see if we can get some things. Okay, Raph, thank you. Um, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, president of the UFC, Dana White. Dana, big announcement coming up on Wednesday. Why Wednesday? What are you doing? What's going on here? Well, everybody knows Wednesday's fucking hump day, and I fucking hate Wednesday, so let's just fucking get it over with, because at least we're fucking at the weekend, right? Right. That's hard to argue with, because it's just a lot of things that are hard to say. I find that if you say the word fuck enough times, most people just tune out what the other words are in in between, so, like, fuck. Amen. I love it, and I love you for being so on top of it. Are you going to talk to us about steroid use on Wednesday? Not a chance. Uh, here's the thing. Steroids really bum me out. Uh, during yeah. the press conference the other night, I alluded to the fact that I was like, you know, somebody asked me about Anderson Silva, and I was like, man, that really messed me up. You know what I mean? You know what it's like to be messed up like that? I do. I think I was messed up like that one time. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that was with the aid of marijuana. Am I right? Dana White reads his news. You are. <laughs> It's Dana, you motherfucker. You cut to the core of me, Baxter. Yeah, I fucking love that movie, too. Uh, I have to be a real journalist. I have to be a real journalist. Aw, why? Why not just give us all of the news Wednesday, all of the bad news? Why not just knock it out? Well, I mean, I could have done it fucking Saturday, but I mean, why would uh, you do that? Well, because to get it done with, for fuck's sake. No, because, you know, Saturday was Valentine's Day, and, you know, Dana's got to go get his, his shine on, too, you know? So I don't really uh, want to be in a bad mood. I got a lady I got to take out. I mean, ladies. I mean, lady. I mean, Rhonda. I mean, somebody. I don't know who. You, you don't know. Who could know, possibly? Well, Dana, thanks for stopping by and saying nothing, as usual. This well, if you like zero. that, then that was a preview of the nothing I'm going to say on Wednesdays press conference am i right booyah ufc dana white fuck you guys i'm out all right well thank you dana okay i'm just gonna bring back and welcome back raf esparza raf yeah yeah i i tried it didn't go great he was kind of a dick about things why was he a dick hard to say but he has like an air of confidence you know i think he really doesn't care about all this stuff because he's doing fine and the ufc's doing fine uh, it's hard to say. I think that Dana is in a place where it's tough. If you if you can sympathize with a multimillionaire for just one second, one of his former champions, maybe one of the biggest draws of his sport, currently still fighting, test positive for drugs, performance enhancing drugs. You done, you might there, get a that. little, you know, you might get a little. A little defensive, a little bummed out, a little That's true. A little bit of that. So you may overcompensate by uh, you know, putting a little more bravado out there, if you would. Yeah, well, I guess it was his normal bravada. But, well, we have some fun guests we're okay. going to chat with. So you ready to start uh, chatting with some guests? Yeah, let's do that.
know, guys, we uh, make it uh, no secret here that we are enthusiasts and fans of the good folks over at Systems Training Center, some more than others. Kevin, wouldn't you say Obviously, some right? more than others. Let's not get ridiculous. We play favorites. Dimitri's, I, I mean, our crowd favorite. Then after that, like, Albert's nice, but, you know, yeah. how nice? And it almost, maybe he's being too nice to overcompensate that he's actually, like, just waiting to body slam you. Sure. You know, I get and that I mean, vibe. If you really think about it, though, at the bottom of the list, there's Marcus, though. I think Marcus so, is clearly... <laughs> not even on my list. Yeah. So oh, interesting. Oh. Jesus. Oh. But, uh, you know, <sighs> we, are, we are glad to welcome new members of the Systems family on here, especially when they do such great work in the cage. Today, we are so, so happy to welcome our good friend, Terry and Flashware. Terry, how are you doing today, man? Great, man. How are you guys doing? Not bad, my friend. Uh, so let me ask you this real quick. Um, who is the person you like the least at Systems Training Center? We just want to make sure that we, we get you on record. That's tough. Um, <laughs> I would have to. I would have to say Crystal. He's always walking around with a shirt off, making everyone feel bad about that. <laughs> is, is that a contest to see who can have their shirt on the least at Systems? Because uh, I know you guys are not opposed to terrible contests. I know right now. Uh, I felt Marcus overdressed in and... a rash guard. So let's be. <laughs> but Marcus and Dimitri, Kevin, I don't know if you saw this. Um, they just enacted a one-month contest for pull-ups. I think it was 100 pull-ups a day. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Jesus. Do you get involved in any of that? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's fun, you know. Uh, it's a little like, we like to challenge you, challenge you with, uh, you know, things like that. You know, we have eating contests, you have pull-up contests, push-up contests, and right now, um, the current challenge is underway is a thousand punches per day. I mean, uh, I again, I love the fact that you guys are all fighters. You have the competitive spirit in you. That's um, 999 more than I need. <laughs> <laughs> But um, do you think maybe, you know, just to offset some of the obvious disadvantages uh, some of the guys have, like Marcus, maybe you could try a reading <laughs> challenge, uh, reading at a ninth grade level? Uh, uh, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fair to Christos. Christos would be <laughs> Oh, no, but we... Not we, sounding we... pretentious when you say <laughs> training center would be like a... Marcus would never be able to say that. You can only say it pretentious. It's only speed. And I guess the only reason why we want to start with this, because we're about to transition, you have obviously lots to talk about, we want to know all about your background, is because we also have Vince on this episode, and Vince is uh, gearing up for a fight of his own uh, that's coming up, I think, uh, the University of MMA is where he's fighting up next? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. March 8th, yeah. March 8th. Okay, now, we're going to ask him a little bit about this, but that photo of him that they're using to promo it. Of him just with thumbs up and kind of the, the you know, the jiu-jitsu thumbs up, if you would. Um, just looking like the Fonz. Do you think they could have worked on a better pose with him? Um, they could have, man, but they, they, they captured, you know, I think they captured Vince perfectly. You know, Vince is, you know, he's a, he's a super cool guy. You know what I mean? You, you know, you ever meet him, you ever talk to him, he's super cool. You know, but, um, you know, that poster would be very, very deceptive for you know, his opponent, man. Vince is a killer inside of the gym. And uh, but uh, I, I think that's a that's a perfect post move, man. That's 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 Vince being one hundred percent who Vince is. So this is one of your training partners. How crazy is your training regimen? How much are you guys training together? Are you doing like 
a couple of sessions a day, like five to seven a week. Just kind of talk us through the uh, broad strokes and how much you train with the teammates as you guys are gearing up for fights. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, a, a couple of us train together pretty often. So, you know, some people have, you know, other people they train with, they do, they have their own training regimen. You know, myself, you know, I, I trained about three times a day. Um, and, you know, a lot of times if we're fighting on the same car, we have fights around the same time. You know, we usually, you know, get together and schedule stuff outside of the gym where we do our strength and conditioning. You know, we get together and do extra sparring and extra grappling. Uh, so it, it all depends, you know, um, you know, we have, you know, we are, we're, we're an entire family, but just like any family, we have like little, little cliques that kind of just train together. Um, me, I kind of train around, I'm like, I'm kind of just the, the nomad of, of the group where I just kind of train with everybody, helping everyone out when they have fights or, you know, getting different outlooks, you know, when I have a fight. Um, are you training but, just you MMA know, or are you training like jujitsu focus, wrestling focus, takedown? Um, it depends on, on what depends on what day it is. You know, there, there'll okay. be a day where you know, where, you know, I'm, I'm training kickboxing, I train jujitsu, wrestling. You know, a day we'll bring all the MMA, you know, the MMA together, um, training and conditioning. Just depends on each day. You know, our, our coach has us, you know, on different structured plans in terms of what he wants wants us to do and what we need to improve on. And um, you know, we just take it from there. You know, but you know, it, it's not uncommon for us to train, you know, two or three times together during the day. Okay. Cool. Sorry, I'm always curious about how you break up the training regimen because it's such a demanding thing now. And I, you hear people talk about it, but you just can't walk in the cage with just anything. And you, in particularly, you fight at 135 pounds, you were saying. Like, that is a deadly division for both, like, submission and striking. There's just everybody's high octane and kind of made of rubber. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you to, I think just in MMA in general, as the sports has has grown and evolved, you, you see with all sports, um, you know, you, you can't just be good in one aspect. You got you got to train in everything. You got to be you got to be good in everything. You got to be ready for everything. You know, it's good to be a specialist. You know, but you, know, you also got to have you know at least the fundamentals fundamentals in all in all aspects of MMA. Can I ask? So we're I, I want to get into your background of uh, how you started. How did you get involved in, I guess, martial arts, and how does that translate into you wanting to become a fighter? Um, from the time I was five years old, um, I, I lived uh, I lived uh, down the street from a dojo that my that both my uncles trained at, and they, they constantly went. So from the time I was a kid, you know, they always took me up there, you know, and I started training around the age of, like, five or six um, in Kyokushin Karate. Um, and I just did it off and on for, you know, for a couple of years. You know, I got my black belt when I was 17. And, um, but for the most part, I was, I was just training. Um, uh, I was doing traditional sports, you know, in high school, I fell in love with baseball and football and that's, that's what I was concentrating on. I wasn't really into, into fighting that much. I didn't even know what the UFC was at that time. And, um, you know, I ended up playing one year of minor league baseball after college, but I kept injuring my shoulder. What? Um, and then when Wait, I, hold on. Uh, minor league baseball along the way? Yeah. What did you play? Uh, center field. Okay, badass. Hit or yeah. two in the – what was the bat situation like? I'm sorry? What was the hitting situation like? Were you a hit or two? Oh, I was either, I was either, I was either lead off or I batted, um, you know, eighth or ninth. Gotcha. Um, fast. Very fast. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, Sorry, yeah, quick sidebar. Yeah. What was, hold on. Before you go any further, I do have to give Kevin some fucking shit. What's the hitting situation like? That was the question. <laughs> well, he's playing minor league. Got it. I'm I, curious. I know. Like Kevin, he's but... a strong guy. Might be hitting with some power. You never know. 
Sure, but that's not exactly the world's most direct question of, hey, yeah, you you playing baseball, so what, what's that whole hitting situation like? You do that? Yeah, I connect with the ball. Yeah, 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 that's good stuff, good stuff, man. He answered it beautifully. He understood exactly what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, Raph Esparza. Raph, we've yeah. talked about baseball a whopping three times tops on this podcast. Why don't you just give us a second? Let us oh, okay. match out over it for a yeah, second. Yeah, that's okay. fine. That's fine, Kevin. I, I'm sorry. How long did you play baseball again? I, mean, I played in high school. You played in high school. <laughs> it's cool. I only played seven years, so I wouldn't know anything remotely about the sport. And I also have a better app or pro for statistics, which is a very uh, statistic-friendly sport. Anyway, Terry, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> Never mind our bigger. Yeah, no worries. Back to you. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but, yeah, after that, you know, I, I just couldn't quite cut it. And um, uh, when I was done with that, uh, I started playing um, – semi-pro football out in the state of California. Um, ended up getting injured during the season. I had no business out there with just giant football players running into me. And uh, yeah, I got injured, sat on the couch for a year, gained a lot of weight. And um, at that time, I, that's when I started watching the UFC. I've been watching it for a couple of years. And, um, you know, I just, you know, just one day I decided, I was like, you know, the gym opened up in, in, you know, in my neighborhood around my area. And uh, I just wanted to get back in shape. I just felt, you know, out of shape and, you know, the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And um, just wanted to go in the gym and just, you know, just lose some weight. And I took my first class, you know, became obsessed with it, you know, started training literally six days a week, five hours a day. Um, really didn't have any intention on fighting anytime soon. And then the coach there was like, hey, man, you've been training a lot. You know, you're doing really good. You know, there's a there's an amateur fight league in California starting to open up. Did you, did you want to, you know, try it out? You know, he asked me, and I'm like, you know, if you think I can do it, you know, you know why not? Um, so I started training for my first fight. I had my first amateur fight with only four months of training and uh, became obsessed with it. Been doing it ever since. And, you know, fast forward four and a half years later, I've had, you know, 12 amateur fights, 16 pro fights, and um, just loving what, I, loving what I do. Now, you're also uh, – this is, I think, something that's super interesting to me. Your nickname is The Flash, and you have actually Flash gear. You've got rash guards uh, that are Flash-based. How did you get that nickname? I'm going to assume it's because you're lethargically slow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually got that. I got the nickname. It was after – I think it was after my, after my first fight. Um, I, was training for my, I was training for my second amateur fight. And um, at that time, my, I didn't really know – you know, I was trying to find my identity in, in terms of, you know, what type of fighter I wanted to be. And um, at the time, I was watching a lot of Dominic Cruz, and, um, you know, I, I was intrigued with his footwork, the way he moved in and out. Uh, so I started emulating that in practice, and, um, you know, I was just, you know, I was sparring. And then some of my training partners, you know, were just, you know, telling me, man, you're really fast. We're just going to start calling you Flash Gordon. So I started calling me Flash Gordon, and I was just like, yeah, I just kind of brushed it off. Um you know, and then my, you know, my second amateur fight, you know, they're in the crowd yelling, flash, flash, flash. And um, it just kind of stuck. And uh, I've just been doing that, been, been going with that name ever since. Because I find it so interesting that after you really embraced the moniker and uh, started wearing flash-based uh, apparel, uh, all of a sudden the CW is really interested in making a show about it. I just thought that was weird. Right. I wonder if I had anything you know, to do with it. <laughs> not that you had anything to do with it, but that maybe they should kick you in a little bit of that, that nice money because it gets good ratings. And it's actually not a terrible show. So uh, congratulations on uh, single-handedly rescuing the CW. Thanks. I appreciate it. About that's someone, no problem. About time give me some credit. <laughs> People are slow to do it. Now, 
did it take when do you go pro how many fights are you at the amateur level before you're like no i should be i'm a pro um i, I did i did 12 amateur fights but you know, i did them oh, in a, damn um, okay so a lot yeah I, did, yeah I did in the span of you know literally like two years though um i was just i there was some, i was just really fighting like every four weeks and um oh, actually my first year i had my i had nine fights my second year, I couldn't really get anyone to fight me, and I ended up having, I ended up having only three fights. My last fight, I had to go out to Vegas to get a fight because no one else in California would fight me. <laughs> and um, you know, after that, I went out there and I won in Vegas. I was like, okay, it's time to go pro, and I ended up turning pro in, um, in June of 2012. Always at 135, or are you jumping up or down? Um, I've had fights at 145 as well. Okay. I wasn't sure, like especially when you're just looking for fights. Sometimes fighters are a little bit more um, into doing it. Did you study? So as you come in, this is always our curious because both Raph and I are jujitsu guys. Are you focused on one martial art, or do you kind of just come in embracing all of them? Uh, I focus on all of them. You know, different days. I, you know, um, I try to train. You know, as far as my stand up and my grappling go, you know, each of them, you know, once per day, sometimes maybe, you know, one or the other, um, you know, two times per day, you know, I have, I have three, three to four training sessions. Um, but I, I'm constantly, you know, doing jujitsu, you know, system, you know, Marcus has done a great job over at systems, open up the, opening up the jujitsu program, you know, there's just, you know, there's, you know, three to four classes, you know, in the morning and the afternoon, you know, um, so I've really just been, you know, getting the gi, doing no gi, doing a lot of jiu-jitsu. Um, and as well as working my stand-up, you know, I work with my boxing coach, you know, elsewhere. Um, working with my other coach, you know, Ian Harris, my head coach, working my striking at systems. Um, and then just working with some other guys, you know, I, I don't, you know, just because I'm a professional fighter, you know, I, I'll take the beginner classes, I take the intermediate classes, and I go on there and I and I, I train with the students and I spar with the students. You can you can learn a lot of stuff from from just anybody, you know. Just because someone's not a pro fighter doesn't mean you can't you know, you know, learn anything. You know, I'm only one person. You know, there's only so much you know footage and film that I can watch. You know, maybe you know another student you know may have saw something else and learned a technique you know that I may never come across. And you know, I go in class and, and they do it and I, and I learn from it and I'm able to you know implement it into my game. So you know, I'm, I'm always constantly training, always constantly you know looking for new, you know things to learn. Always on the internet, you know, watching Marcelo Garcia videos, you know, watching, you know, professional kickboxers, um, you know, just always trying to learn and trying to adapt and, you know, just continue to grow with the sport. Jesus. I mean, Terion, I, I you can stop complimenting me from my contributions, <laughs> obviously, that I've passed on to you. I just, I'm blushing <laughs> over here and it's, it's too nice. Obviously, you're picking up stuff from me by proxy people who <laughs> learn from me at Systems Training Center. But, you know... The hard part for me is you just mentioned gi, and Kevin did mention we're jiu-jitsu nerds. As a guy, you don't fight in a gi when you're obviously in the cage but or even in a ring. How important is it you know, for you and your own uh, training to be training in the gi? You know, in, in, in the beginning, I didn't really train in the gi much, and, you know, just because, you know, like you said, you know, we don't, we don't fight in the gi. Um, you know, but I was, you know, I would, I, 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 I studied and I, and I just heard a bunch of different people, you know, on their school of thoughts, you know, and a lot of guys, you know, you know, in, in, in men in the UFC, you know, who are phenomenal grapplers, you know, they really attribute to training the gi as, you know, you know, helping them be technical. You know, when you're doing no gi, a lot of times you're able to just, you know, scramble out of stuff and get out of stuff because you're all sweaty. But in the gi, you're forced to learn technique. 
Um, you know, you can you can escape a submission. You know, when when someone's holding on to your collar or holding on to your lapel, and you're able to get out of there technically. You know, just imagine what you can do when you know when they when they don't have that what to hold on to. Um, you know, also you know when you're on top, you know guys going for sweeps. You know, they're able to grab your collar, your your lapel, your sleeves. Um, you can develop you know that strength and that type of base. You know, when someone's you know tugging on your you know tugging on your gi, and you're able you know to maintain and pass. You know, just imagine what you can do when you're on top when they don't have that advantage in, in, in no gi, you know, have nothing to grab onto. Um, you know, since I started training, the gi have made leaps and bounds, you know, just in my jiu-jitsu, and I think it's a very important aspect. Uh, you know, just the same with, you know, you, you know, you know, training with boxing gloves, you know, training with, you know, kickboxing gloves. you got to get used to, you know, being in the pocket and staying in there. You wouldn't do that normally, you know, with MMA gloves because the gloves are smaller, you know, it's, it's harder to defend, um, but you got to learn that aspect. you got to train the, the sports individually and then be able to bring them together. Um, so training the gi has been, it, it's made, it has done leaps and bounds from my, bounds from my jiu-jitsu game. And um, you know, also the fact, you know, I, I love the sport of jiu-jitsu as well too. You know, um, it was one of the first classes that I took, you know, when I first started training, in the training you know, when I joined the gym. And, um, you know, I, I, I've done jiu-jitsu tournaments, and um, I, it's a very it's a very interesting sport, and, and um, I fell in love with it as well as, as well as MMA. So, you know, it's only naturally for me to, you know, to train in the gi as well. Well, we have to move on because otherwise we're going to talk to you for 30 minutes about the gi. What a <laughs> cool statement that was. But that was well said because uh, we do want to transition more towards RFA 23 and your fight with Joe Murphy. And you're going to have to talk to us a little bit about the logistics of um, – did he come in overweight? Are we getting that right? Yeah, he came in. You know, he came in five pounds overweight, and um. Well, you know, you know was, five pounds here or there. It's not like the weight <laughs> limit matters. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, these it, days. It, 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 it's frustrating, you know what I mean? But um, you know, it, it's especially frustrating when you're sitting there and you're you're hungry and dehydrated, and you just want to be able to make weight, and you know, and then someone comes in and they're five pounds over, um. But, well, Tarion, I mean, I, you you handled it like a pro because I saw your reactions to it, and you were really, really good about it because you just focused on, you know, it's happened. Let's just get to the fight, but level with us. You are no, fighter. yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, day yeah, of, it's, 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 yeah, day what of. What is the you know, first thing there and, that goes through your head? Um, honestly, I was like, this is, this is, this is. You know, am I allowed to curse on here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Sure. Okay. I was like, yeah, this is it's bullshit, you know, because, you know, um, again, I, you know, I, I had to, you know, making 135 isn't easy for me, you know, I don't, I don't look like a, a very big, you know, 35er just because I'm long and lean, but, you know, I, I'm very tall for this weight class, you know, and, and I walk, you know, over, you know, you know, close to 20, you know, 20, 25 pounds over my weight class, and I have to, you know, give up the foods that I like, you know, I love food, I love pizza, and you know, I love ice cream, and I have to give up those things to make the weight. You know, so when you're sitting there and you just, you just gone through, you know, 24 hours of hell and cutting weight and not being able to eat or drink anything, um, and a guy comes in five pounds overweight, you're, you're pissed off, you know, every, you know, you know, I, if, if it were me, I would expect, you know, someone to be just as pissed off as well too. And, um, you know, but I, you know, I had to, I had to quickly just, you know, take that out of, out of my head because, um, I wasn't going to let, you know, someone else's, you know, unprofessionalism, you know, ruined my opportunity, you know, here I am, I have a, I have a chance to, you know, to showcase my talents on national television, you know, as well as international and some, and some, um, you know, media outlets. Um, 
I had to quickly get rid of that and just, you know, like, well, like, what am I going to do? Am I not going to fight? I, you know, I, I just did all this training. I sold all these tickets and, you know, I made this weight, you know, I couldn't let him ruin it for me. So, you know, once I got some food in my system, you know, and the weigh-ins were over, you know, I just concentrated on what I was going to do the following day. And, um, you know, I went out there and, and put on one of the best performances I've had in my career. And, um, Definitely, but, yeah, it's but you're not thinking yeah. about, like, all the pizza you could have had. You're not thinking, like, you could have picked up two more slices yourself. No, just because you know, I, I when I, I told myself, you know, whenever I whenever I do, I was going to do something, I'm going to be a professional. You know, a part of being a professional, um, you know, is making weight and getting in shape. And um, you know, regardless of whatever you know anyone else is doing, you know, I'm going to hold myself to that standard. You know, I'm, I'm a father as well, and every you know everything that I do, you know, in life, you know, at some point or another, my my son is going to come across. He's going to see, and I you know I want you know, him to know that and I want him to be able to look up to me as, as a person, you know, who kept his word, a person who's, you know, been a professional and, and done things the right way and, you know, not have those things linger over me, you know, uh, and I want to be a positive influence in his life. Um, so a lot of things that I do, I, I you know, I, I do for him and I do for as an example to him. Um, so, you know, I sitting there thinking about pizza, you know, wasn't, wasn't crossing my mind. I was thinking about going out there and, you know, getting a victory. Fine. No, uh, and the fight, the fight ended up being a really good one, but it also, um, physical. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but when it comes to fighting, like some fights are more physical than others. Some are a little bit more back and forth. It seemed like you both really took a toll on the other one. Can you talk us through what your views were on the fight? Yeah, I um, yeah, it was a, it was a it was a good competitive fight. You know, we both landed hard shots on each other. Um, you know, I I cut him open. You know, uh, in two spots over his left eye. You know, yeah, he hit me pretty spots, hard. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, he hit me pretty hard, and um, and um, you know, uh, it was a it was a it was a rough fight. It was a brutal fight. It's one of one of one of my most brutal fights, and you know, we both took damage, but um, you know, it was fun at the same time. Okay. And okay. So. When I'm sorry. Get, I had a, I'm just go ahead. Yeah, I just had a quick question. One of my favorite things, and I heard this in a different interview you did. You were saying within the fight, you guys were like able to talk to each other and compliment each other on each other's combinations. Yeah, we were. Uh, you know, we were going at it, and there was you know, the combination that I threw. I, I think it was. You know, I think I threw a left hook to a liver to a head kick, and I and I and I caught him, and it, and it kind of hurt him a little bit. I can tell, and he smiled, and he and he goes nice combination, and um, and he high fived me, and you know. And it was, Throughout the fight, we're you know we're going at him. He he throws something, and I and I kind of smile at him, and I go, yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a mutual respect, you know. Um, you know, he's one of the best best fighters you know in the world at 135. Um, you know, so am I. And then, you know, just because we're fighting doesn't doesn't mean we can't you know we can't have fun. You know, I'm a I'm a fan of the sport. You know, just as I'm a competitor, and um, you know, uh, it's just no reason you can't have fun while you're in there. And that's all that's all that was going on. We were just having fun and you know talking to each other. I mean, that's a true, true compliment to you guys, but I don't know. That's the way I'd play the game. I'd be like, that was a terrible combination. If you really looked at it, I mean, I guess it was okay. It connected, but you could have had better form. And I guess it just boggles my mind that you have enough time uh, just in the the thick of the moment to actually have conversations in the middle of a fight. Does that routinely happen or is this just kind of one of those particular cases uh, it hasn't routinely happened. Um, it, it's happened, I think, one other time before. 
but a lot of times, you know, with, with most fighters, you know, they're really they're, they're just concentrating on on the fight, you know. And I, and I think that's a tribute to you know a tribute to both me and him, you know, why we've been successful in our careers, is that we're you know we're clear minded and, and calm enough to be in there even in the midst of chaos to, you know, to to be able to and just you know and just you know <laughs> you know just crack a smile on you know it's, it's no big deal it's a fight. You know, I, I I constantly use the phrase all the time that, you know, I, I fought so much, I'm so comfortable in their fighting, and, you know, people ask me, you know, how am I so relaxed, and, you know, it's just, I feel at home when I'm in there, you know. For me, you know, going in there and fighting in the cage is like eating breakfast. It's, it's really no big deal to me. <laughs> That's the best quote I think we've had in a long time. <laughs> I know. You're starting to get, like, the idea of why he's so driven. So you're staying in shape right now for the chance of the career making the next leap because uh, you've been such sort of a violent terrorist on the RFA <laughs> circuit in the beating up of other people, especially at the 135-pound division where, you know, there's a nice place to – it's a good time to make a name in that division. What are you training for as we speak? Um, just training for anything, you know. I, I know my next fight for, as far as RFA goes is – it's probably going to be, you know, a while from now, just, you know, because I have to wait on the champion, you know, to fight. But, um, you know, in the meantime, you know, um, you know, my manager, my coach, he's like, you know, when the US, sometimes when the UFC calls, man, it's like it's it's four days' notice, it's a week notice, two weeks' notice, you never know. So, you know, when you're at the cups and, and, you're, and you're making waves and, and the matchmakers know who you are, you know, you got to stay ready, you know. There's no, you know, there there will be nothing, you know, that would, uh, you know, would suck more, you know, for, you know, Sean Shelby or Dana White, you know, to give me a call and say, hey, can you fight in two weeks? And I can have to tell him no because I'm 30 pounds overweight and haven't, haven't trained in the last, you know, three weeks or so. You know, that that was completely sucked, you know, because you never know when that opportunity is going to come. Um, you know, so for me, you know, um, you know, right now I'm just healing up a little bit. I, I can't really train too hard, um, but I'm not letting my weight skyrocket, you know, to the point where, you know, if someone calls me, you know, I can I can go ahead and, and make weight. You know, whether it's a week notice or two weeks notice, you know, no problem. And um, so that's where I'm at right now. I'm just you know, just trying to stay in shape. And then, you know, once my you know my injuries you know completely heal, um, you know, I'll be back in the gym. You know, train hard full time and helping my teammates prepare for the fights that they have scheduled and just being prepared. You know, for anything that comes my way. Uh, Terry, let's say the UFC calls right now. Is there anybody that you think you would have a great match with or that you just – you look at their style and you think that you you would match up really well with them? Um, yeah, I mean there's, there's, a, there's a couple of guys. Um, you know, one one that comes to mind, um, I think he has a federal fight though like in Brazil or something like that. Like uh, he's um, – he fought for Legacy. I think he's a Legacy champion. His name's Thomas Almeida, Brazilian kid. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, he's a really good striker, you know, and I watched him this fight, and it's really good clean striking, and I think that would be a fun and exciting matchup, you know, to to fight against him. Um, yeah, that's the name that jumps off, that, that jumps to the top of my mind right now. But um, um, you know, other than that, I mean, you know, there's another kid, I think Anthony Burchak. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he was the... Um, promotion. Uh, I have some um, some promotion out in Canada. He's a champion of that, and he just had his first UFC fight. He, he ended up losing my my leg lock. I don't know if he's hurt or anything or whatever. Um, but you know, he brings it, and I think he'd be a great matchup as well too. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I I really I really wouldn't it really wouldn't matter to me. I I, I think I'd match up with well with anybody in the world at 135. Um, you know, obviously I'm not going to be able to go in and jump in there and 
jump and fight with the guys on the top 15. You know, I got to earn my way. You know, but anybody outside of that, you know, I'm I'm game to go in there and, and compete against. And um, you know, I just I just want to get in, I just want to get in the UFC. I just want to you know get that chance to prove to the world and you know show the world you know you know how hard I work and you know the type of skills that I have. Badass. Well, we're uh, Team Tarion, despite your horrendous training partners. <laughs> They're obviously you're succeeding despite truly them. unfortunate. Yeah. Where can people find you in the meantime if they're trying to catch you on the social medias, etc.? Um, yeah, my Twitter ha- Twitter handle is, uh, is that Flash MMA. Um, same thing with my um, with my Instagram, and then um, you can catch me on Facebook at uh, Terry on Flash. Where, um, yeah, just drop me a line, you know, uh, send a request, and you know, I follow back. And uh, yeah, if anybody has any questions, I'm always happy to answer them. You know, I've had you know this recent fight, you know, being successful. Is, you know, the first times you, you know, my social media is blown up the way it has. Where you know, people I don't even know are just kind of asking me questions and asking me certain things, and you know, some people getting into their own MMA careers, and uh, it's been fun. You know, it's been fun to just you know meet and talk, talk to new people. Oh, good, because I was afraid that you were opening up some sort of weird like uh, Q and A session for just lifestyle <laughs> improvements. People being like, "Terry, on, you know, I was thinking about leaving my girlfriend, but." I don't mean to bother you. Great fight, by the way. Uh, should I? When's a good time before Valentine's Day? So uh, that's that's kind of the thing. I was always like, what kind of people are hitting you yeah, up you, for you, for questions? Yeah, you usually want to break with your girlfriend right before Valentine's Day. It's kind of awkward if you go out and spend a bunch of money and then dump her. You know. It. You know, there was a, a news report out here. Uh, I think like on our local affiliate Fox station that just all of a sudden I think they call it is it Red Tuesday or Black Tuesday? There's like news flash. Black Tuesday. This is the day to get rid of whoever you're dating before Valentine's Day. <laughs> and uh, I look at my fiance, and we're about to get uh, married in a month. And she just looks at me and goes, "Well, if you're gonna get rid of me before we get married, I guess today's the day to do it." And I go, "Nope, I guess we're stuck with each other." <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you're trying to follow whirling dervish of a fighter, check out Terry and Ware. He's fighting down at Systems Training Center. He goes by the Flash, and he rocks that equipment. Ton of fun to chat with. Seems like he could beat up both Raph and I combined. So considering, you know, that he's walking around at 155, that's not bad. That's an impressive amount. Uh, Terry, we really appreciate you coming by the podcast this evening. Nah, thank you guys for having me, man. I'd love to be back anytime you guys want to have me. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Aware. Paul drank of water to roll with, but if we're docking points for company, we're for sure going to have to take away some from our next guest, Vince, also a member of the systems training crew. Um, you also do a lot of other things, namely you have a fight on March 8th, University of MMA. Uh, you're getting in the cage. How are you doing this evening? I am doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing lovely. Not, I'm not in the bad. middle of a blizzard. I mean, if we're being honest and we want to like get some feelings <laughs> out, it's been better. It's so cold. It's God. so cold. This is not a therapy session for you, Kevin. This is about our guests. I agree <laughs> because it's too cold to be a therapy session. A therapy session would imply I got like a reasonable amount of warmth, but it's blizzarding. 
What kind of if it makes you feel any better, it? Kevin, uh, it was 88 degrees last week. Well, that does make me feel better. Thank you, Vince. <laughs> I hope you feel better in hell. That's, well, that's the meanest. Vince, so uh, for those of you unfamiliar, Vince Cachero, I, I have to ask you this real quick. Um, you know, we also had Terry on on this week's episode. And uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out who's the worst person at Systems Training Center. Just the worst the person. Worst? Define that however you want. I mean, it's got to be Marcus. Yeah, that's I mean, we for one. We agree. Yeah, three for three. <laughs> because three we were taught. Well, that that's not true because on did say Christos is actually the worst because he never has a shirt on. Oh yeah. <laughs> that so, could be a, a. He puts him up there, but I think Marcus still steals the cake there. What is it about Marcus that makes him the worst? Well, unlike the other guys who only get to train with Marcus, I actually work for him as well. So I get to see the other side of him, the whole scatterbrainness. He's doing everything and anything he can get his hands on, and I'm basically doing all his dirty work. So, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the real fun is is that every time you, you talk to Marcus, uh, he's wonderfully entertaining and hilarious. And then you see in the background Vince doing all the actual grunt work. Like, Marcus is the kind of guy who will shake your hand and be like, yeah, yeah, mate, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> we'll completely forget about it. And then you just hear Vince going, thanks, Mark. Okay, what do I need to do? Just tell, just do it. Whatever, Marcus. So uh, one of the things that you actually so nicely stepped up for us and did uh, fans of our show may also be fans of our our nice uh, spinoff series from the show, the Around the Mat series, where we did a really fun uh, recreation of Metamorphs matches, specifically for Metamorphs 4. And you not only took the wheel as director on that one, but uh, not only the creative force, but you were an actor. You portrayed Bear Ishida. Question for you. Did your jiu-jitsu get better after portraying Bear Ishida that week? You know, actually, it did. I started taking more backs, finding more taps, and it was really fun. Uh, I think that whole portrayal really stepped up my game to the next level. <laughs> That's the best-kept secret about these. We don't just do them for the laughs. Yeah. We do them because they really sharpen and refine our jiu-jitsu techniques. Mm-hmm. I, that I, know, I know playing Fat Vinny made me nearly invincible in the mm-hmm. leg attack department. So I know how you feel. But know. here's the thing, and I don't know if you've experienced this yet. Have you met Barrett Yoshida yet? I have not met Barrett Yoshida yet, unfortunately. Okay, I will tell you one little small secret of this whole process. Um, Vinny has been on the podcast. He's threatened Kevin. Yeah. I have... Seen and interviewed Gary a couple times and even rolled with him. <laughs> and he continues to threaten me both on and off air. So have you prepared for the mentality of Bear Ishida potentially coming after you, like jujitsu retribution? I mean, I might uh, refine my donkey guard game so I can kind of battle him there. <laughs> but uh, I know he's a, a fellow Hawaii boy, so... Hopefully we can uh, make peace on those grounds, and you know oh, us local guys are, are pretty laid back. So I think I think it'd be okay. 
He took that on such a piece. So you're, you're from Raph. Like you mm-hmm. tried to start yeah. war, and he was just like, "There's no reason we can't like have a Lua." Honestly, together. I'm not. I'm not trying fine. to start war. I'm trying to warm him, Kevin. This is a major target we have on our backs uh, that that we we carry. We cross the bear all the time. So you're from Hawaii. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey, and and then how the hell do you end up here if you're from Hawaii? Don't you just not leave if you're from there? Usually that's the case, but uh. You know, I wanted to explore a little bit. I, I grew up uh, out there in the islands. I was actually born in Santa Barbara, but my parents moved out there when I was two. So the islands are basically everything I knew up until college. I went to school up in San Jose, and I just started taking some, some kickboxing classes at AKA for fun. And uh, that kind of slowly led me into enjoying MMA a lot more. And eventually I kind of worked my way down to L.A., and I got a job working at Systems, but it used to be Systems 8 Fight Club, and even before that, it was AMMS. So I've been working here for a good four years now. Wow. That's impressive. Did you start training, or did you start working first? Because sometimes, you know, people are hanging out, or was it a little bit of both? Uh, it was more so for work. You know, right after school, um, right after I finished college, I went to Thailand for a month, and I stayed out in Phuket. Um, I didn't go to Tiger Muay Thai. I went to one down the street, Dragon Muay Thai, and, you know, it was just amazing. I, I learned so much out there, and just that whole fight lifestyle was so fun. Um, when I had the opportunity to come work at an MMA gym, I just I couldn't turn it down. So I started working here. I started training for fun. That was way back when, when only Carrion and Dima were fighting out of the gym, and they were both uh, amateurs too. And, um, you know, I got encouragement to go out and take a fight and eventually i did so one thing led to another and now now i'm fighting and we're going to talk a little bit about your fighting uh in in just a second but since you wear the mat the the hat as a manager on occasion uh you know you're always known as the guy who helps get things done Let's just say when dues aren't getting paid or the guys are being less than organized, which in mixed martial arts never happens, do you find that uh, you end up taking out some of that when you're ending up uh, training with them or rolling with them? You know, I might sneak in an extra couple hard punches if we're rolling, but (laughs) no, everyone's actually, Systems is a really cool gym, man. Everyone's. Everyone, for the most part, is, uh, of course, all of our regular members. And what I mean by regular is people who are not on our fight team. Everyone's really cool there. There are some guys on our fight team that that won't pay up. And and Marcus and I know who they are. So we're on their cases. But other than that, we're we're usually um, not having to kill anyone on the match. It's, it's a terrible sight to imagine in your head. Just some sort of goon squad coming at you. <laughs> hits you very fast and you don't even know it and then takes you down and is able to steal your money very quickly. Uh, goon squad. I don't think it's the best. <laughs> I, well, I mean, think about it. How would they wear? I imagine them in like hats and overcoats and just very sneakily coming up to you and being like, look, see? Well, I wanted to ask, Vince, talk to, tell me about your upcoming fight. Who are you fighting? Do you have much understanding of who that is? Are you game um, planning? Talk me through this. You know, I'm since it's still amateur, uh, I game planned a lot for the first couple fights and I felt like I really over um I was overthinking things. Once I got on there, everything went on to instinct anyway. So 
for this one, I'm not really game planning too much. Um, I'm fighting this guy, Mike Derdarian, out of 10th Planet. I think he's at HQ. But uh, I guess he's a, a purple belt as well. So that should be fun. Uh, to be honest, I'm, I don't care where the fight goes. I kind of want to stand and trade, but if he wants to go to the ground, I'm, I'm more than uh, happy to go down there and punch him in the face and maybe tap him out. So, yeah, I'm just excited and pumped for it. Absolutely. And what weight are you fighting at? I didn't catch this. You're at 135 or 145? I'm at 35. And uh, for yeah. California amateur, we do have to weigh in at the same on the same day. So I'm not really looking to cut too much water for it. Mm. Oh, you have to weigh in same day. That's crazy. Yeah, we usually have to weigh in at 11, which of course for all these events means at like 12 or maybe even 1. <laughs> And then uh, ten minutes before five, the fight. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for those that don't know, that's typically how jujitsu does it. It's like uh, you weigh in the same day of the fight, meaning you can't go in there completely cut because you don't have twenty four hours to put it back in. So you have to like balance how much you want to cut versus how much you want to be weighing that weight. So it's it's uh, certainly changes the dynamic. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, definitely big time. And I wish uh, they just did the the weigh-ins the day before. Because I feel like it's even more dangerous because guys are still going to cut water weight. And just to get punched in the head when you're dehydrated like that, it's not, it's not a pretty thing. Yeah. Now, tell us about the the appeal and the fun of, you know, you're you're on a fight team, you're there. And I don't know, I mean, where does it come from for you this want to fight because uh, honestly to me it almost sounds like you also are equally adept at saying especially with this guy who you're going to be fighting in, in a couple weeks that you don't even mind taking this to the ground and it's a jiu-jitsu game which between two people from two really great programs you're excited to see so for you where's the excitement and the draw of fighting for you um you know just it's a challenge it's kind of like uh it's a major puzzle so I'm a puzzle, my opponent's a puzzle, and we're constantly changing how that puzzle is solved. So I feel like I'm battling the other guy and trying to figure out his puzzle before he can figure out mine. And I think that's pretty intriguing. Mm. You don't really get that anywhere else. I mean, I know you guys roll a lot, so it's basically the same thing in jiu-jitsu. You're trying to figure the other guy out. Maybe if you've rolled with him before, you kind of know his game, or maybe he's a 10th planet guy, so I know I might expect some mission control, things like that. But uh, it's really fun and challenging. I love tinkering with things. Uh, just like Marcus, I'm actually kind of doing a lot myself. I have my own company. I have a couple of different jobs and trying to fight. And, you know, I love just tinkering and figuring things out. So I think it's the whole puzzle aspect of fighting that really gets me going. I love that. So for your fight puzzle, have you put into the equation uh, the, the correct amount of weed that you're supposed to be training to roll against? Tenth Planet. <laughs> Sorry, can you say that one more time? Yeah, given the fact that you're fighting somebody from Tenth Planet, uh, have you adjusted a lot of fighters do altitude training? Um, have you modified your your weed defense? I guess one might call. Yeah, I've uh, I've definitely uh, I know they're all about that. So my weed defense is pretty good right now. <laughs> okay. Good, good, good. I just want to make sure guys. that you're not. You're not defenseless in this aspect. I'm sorry, Kevin. I was interrupting you. Go for it. 
No, uh, absolutely. And remember, if you ever need any help in those services, Raph is your man. You can absolutely, absolutely. be the one. <laughs> the perfect person for it. He's Raph, a perfect uh, person. Get training in tune then, huh? Well, yeah. Oh, definitely. Vince, you mentioned wearing a lot of hats. How do you maintain the balance then for someone that is doing all this shit and maintaining this really exquisitely in shape lifestyle? Uh, a lot of people struggle to do one or two of those things. How are you able to manage them? What are some secrets? No, uh, you know, it's in my blood. I think it's all in the mentality. If, if you believe you can do it, if you want to do it, if you're passionate about it, you're going to be able to get it done. And for me, this everything I'm doing right now. I love there's maybe just one job, which is serving, serving on the side for some side cash. I do not like doing that, but everything else, um, you know, I love doing it. So it's just about having the right mentality, being positive, and trying to accomplish your goals. And since I want to do a lot of stuff, I'm positive about it, and I'll get it done. And I'm supposed to ask you about something called the Fonz look? <laughs> Did you yeah, by I chance... Know take a photo that you maybe look a little bit more like the Fonz than you normally do. Yeah, you know, I kind of look like a douche in that photo. I don't <laughs> really like the fact that they keep using that for everything. Yeah, you probably get a lot of photos taken. You don't always. You've got different poses, I guess. I love throwing up the shakas. Like I mentioned, I'm an island boy, so I'm always throwing those up. But... <laughs> I don't know why they keep funding me out there. It kind of sucks. <laughs> Mostly because it's probably funny and it prompts questions like these. So uh, <laughs> people can find you on the social medias and they need to, Vince, if they want to see this type of fantastic stuff. But uh, talk to me also about the um, Monosport. Yeah, so Monosport is a company I created last year. Uh I hurt my ankle. I had to get ankle surgery, and I've kind of been wanting to start this company for a while, so it was the perfect timing. I was on my butt all day long recovering, and I put together the website, and basically what it is, it's a, a lifestyle combat sports brand. Our main objective is to try to facilitate the development of human potential through martial arts, and that's yeah. a direct quote I stole from the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Okay. But I really think that uh, doing combat sports where you're able to test yourself, whether it's through rolling with someone or fighting with someone in the ring, you gain a lot of different understandings. It sets you on a path of self-discovery. I think that's pretty unique. So I want to create a brand that more accurately represents these people, these people training uh, or competing, fighting, and less about the whole machismo aspect of, of combat sports, the whole blood and chains things like that that's the kind of stuff we don't stick to so wait i'm sorry vince are, are you meaning to tell me uh that you are opposed to snake dragons on t-shirts yeah snake dragons they're not my favorite on t-shirts um you know anything with that kind of tap out symbol that same design shape that kind of irks me as well so Normally but, not the thing I want. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Snake plus dragons. So, like, man, that, that's such a hardline stance. I will say this. I was uh, doing an interview a couple weeks ago with uh, Gary Tonin and uh, Eddie Cummings. 
and uh, I had your shirt on, and both of them just looked me square in the eye, and they said, where's that shirt from? And I go, oh, it's this really cool organization uh, called Mount of Sport. And they looked at me, and they go, why aren't we fucking like getting sponsorships from that crew? That's the type of people we want sponsoring us. And I was like, exactly, because the shirt I had was uh, one that is talking about how all of the cliches uh, of you know your, your generic – mixed martial arts or branded uh, likewise uh, t-shirts. So I, I think that people recognize that you are you are doing something a little bit off-center of, I guess, the norm in jiu-jitsu which is, or MMA, which is really, really cool. What are some of the cool things that you guys are, are doing to help out the community? Well, yeah, we also have a major part of our program actually is focused on helping out kids here in Hawthorne. So we have the Mana Kids Foundation, and with that, 5% at least 5% of all of our sales goes to that foundation. And with that, what we do is we give back to at-risk kids in Hawthorne who are starting to get into training or who have been training for a while, who can't afford it. Um, it's been a really cool experience. You know, we work one-on-one. So basically, one kid receives a donation for a period of a few months up until we reach about $100 or 150 in donations. And then what we do is we film an interview with that child. We show uh, us giving the, the gifts to them, the gear. We give them free training at Systems Training Center. And then we also film a little one-minute high-art reel just for them, just to make them feel special. So, you know, it's really cool to give back and just to see the, their faces light up. It's, it's really refreshing. That's cool. Yeah, no lie. It kind of just shares the journey. Well, you're a busy dude. It's crazy. Uh, Vince, do you, you do find time to just occasionally have an ice cream cone, right, or something? Uh, usually not an ice cream cone, but a stone IPA. That hits Now we're spot. talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's a routine drink. Maybe not an ice cream. That's how you know he's, like, super diligent about the 135. He's like, ah, not an ice cream cone. Blowing this on alcohol. That's how it's making it. And that's also how you can tell <laughs> Kevin is – Kevin has zero consideration for a man cutting weight to make sure he makes that 135 when Kev <laughs> is skirting dangerously close to being 100 pounds over that. But who can say? Who can? Uh, okay, heavyweights who need can? love too, Kevin. Thanks, man. Although that's not his real weight class, so I feel that's just me <laughs> if I would do that. That's so me. Thanks, Raph. That's a great rumor to spread. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we pointed out Kevin's up there, but he's not heavyweight. Not quite. <laughs> no, no. Depends on uh, the tournament. No, no, no. So you know that that's so great, Vince. We're we're looking forward to your fight. Uh, if people are interested in going to see the fight, how can they do that? Where's it taking place? All of that good stuff. Well, yeah. If you guys are out here in LA, you guys can reach me through Monosport. Uh, I can hook you up with some tickets. They're also selling tickets online. You can just go to uofmma.com. The fight, like you guys said, it's going to be out there in right next to Staples Center in Club Nokia on March 8th. And hopefully I can get a, a nice big crowd there to from Verbal Tap Podcast. And it should be fun. <laughs> well, I will unfortunately not be able to cover this one, but I may uh, take a picture of me doing my best uh, Vince Fawns pose in <laughs> solidarity of your fight my good friend uh you obviously have our support here because man it's uh it's gonna be a good fight and, and we look forward to seeing you back in and fighting dude 
Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Vince, thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you soon. What a discussion of Sissing's Training Center. Wow. That's offensive. Hawthorne. Yeah. That's offensive. Just doing a little Marcus Koval on spot. Just more of my perfect Marcus Koval impression. You made it seem like he was Do you think Marcus Koval, but with Down perfect. syndrome. He probably thinks it's perfect. I mean, he's got two ears and a heart, doesn't he? Hold on, Raph. I quieted you on accident. Go ahead. Why would you possibly quiet me down? Who could imagine? <laughs> I didn't know I could do that, but now I'm going to do that all the time. Well, good luck getting people to oh, listen to this podcast you. then. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's never stopped me before. It won't stop me now. Yay? I'm just I don't know, I don't know what you're doing now. Uh, <laughs> it's hard Terry to stay focused. was great. Uh, yeah. Really great. Uh, you know... Also, Vince, good people. I appreciate the fact that, uh, especially after training with Vince, I feel like uh, there's no better way to get revenge than by putting him in the pressure situation of shitty questions. Yeah. Because it does feel like a good way to get, because he's a pretty cool customer. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have much that gets him rattled. He's got a lot going on. That's true. So it is pretty fun to uh, – I agree. you got to strike back with what you know. Right. This is what we know. We know this. Look out, ladies and gentlemen. Raph, the podcast is coming to an end, which means it's time for some shout-outs. Yep. I don't have much at all. I'm going to give some shout-outs to some uh, people I met. Haywood Turnipseed Jr., one of the cool comedians in the area of D.C., kind of hooked me up with some other MMA guys. Um, met uh, a few other people. Jamel, thanks for the time at Jackpot last week. Just throwing some it's time for some DC comedy scene shout outs here, Rapis Barza. Of course, the guys out, BJJ and MMA Academy and Chantilly VA keeping it fighting while I'm sidelined. BJJFinder.com, the world's premier jiu jitsu site locator. Made some great upgrades to the system. And that is going to do it for me, Rapis Barza. I'm in the middle of a blizzard, so thanks to the weather. Whatever. You just shouted out the weather? I shouted out, like, where I'm at. Mm. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to shout out my weather here then, too, because I feel it's only appropriate. Um, Fuck you very Hold on, much. hold on. We have, we have issues that we go through here. Uh, shout out to Los Angeles weather for making it... Uh, uh, difficult to close my doors because the weather was so nice outside i don't know take that ha! got him <laughs> so there's that let's also shout out valley martial arts center v what's a little creepy i'm not gonna lie yeah it was what are you doing is this you doing mcconaughey now yeah, it's got a little it's gotten better, though. I'm remarkably proud of you. This is, you know, this is like watching uh, somebody that you've just taught a jiu-jitsu move do it and not get it right, but make an improvement. You can't imagine how much I've had to practice, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but by all means, shouldn't you have a better McConaughey than me? 
I should, especially given the way I look. Given the way you look, because you look homeless. Not, you don't have, like, Hollywood glam star yeah. McConaughey. No, I just, uh, I definitely, yeah. Like, this is when he was rocking that stupid movie where he was a stone surfer dude. That's the that's what I look like right now. <laughs> Let this be Without known abs, as only obviously. the fifth podcast where we have referenced surfer dude. <laughs> For those of you who are playing the home version, keeping score at of, home, uh, <laughs> the Verbal Tap Podcast home game. Uh, man, yeah, no, by all means, you should have a better uh, Matthew McConaughey impression. And one day you will, Kevin. One day. That's uh, nice of you to say. God damn, it, it, it's gone. It was right there, and then it was gone. Yeah. Don't push your luck. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and shout out all the good people over at Valley Martial Arts Center. Uh, I have also been sidelined a little bit. It's a bummer, but you know, Kevin and I, we have bonded through our inability to train. I think it has really, really uh, made us make fun of each other a lot less. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's mostly because out of sadness. Yeah. Uh, we sometimes describe what jujitsu was like when we were able to roll. And like back in the early days when I had to go up the snow path both ways, it is snowing right now, so that's not just no, no, no. I get it. So I look forward to being back. Uh, I'm going to try and get in as much training as I can before the wedding because, uh, Lord knows, uh, well, you know, once I get married, I don't have to keep any of this up anymore. So that's right, locked yep. in. Uh, but I'm very excited about that. Uh, let's shout out our good friends. All on the social medias, all you guys, thank you for making it so entertaining uh, to be doing fights and covering them on Valentine's Day. Uh, it makes it really, really fun for me when I'm, I'm watching that stuff. So my thanks to everybody uh, who was participating and who was tweeting along with us. And uh, let's shout out Eric Jackman just for good shits and giggles. I thought it was great. Uh, let's shout out everybody at Systems Training Center. I feel like at some point we're going to have everybody – uh, on on their whole fight team on here, and we will really get to Finally. the bottom of who is the worst person. Who's so, the worst? We're gonna find out. Yeah. Can we do like a survey? Can we do a poll? Is that what we're doing? We're just gonna keep asking them. I think. Yeah, and then they're gonna break down and really tell you who it is, or they're gonna beat the hell out of us. Eh, both are likely. Very likely. Uh, so anyway, uh, my thanks to everybody for for doing that, and uh, I guess if I'm going to do one final shout out, uh, I also want to shout out my good friend Max, uh, who I'm actually going to see later on this week, and uh, I'm looking forward. Max is going to be providing DJ services at my wedding, uh, so if you don't like the music and you happen to be listening to this, then you know where to place your blame, and you know what? I'm going to do one more shout out. One more, because why the fuck not? Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and shout out our good friends, John Evans and Jevons. Sebastian Vendel Martinez, because I got to go train with them last week. Absolutely. And everybody over at uh, Systems Training Center in Sino and uh, following up in training with them, uh, our good friend Sebastian and I ended up going to grab drinks and uh, continue shit talking one another's jujitsu skills, which the best of both is really honestly, I wish you could do th- if that was a job you got paid for it i'd be like a ceo so there's that uh and you know what i think with that i am truly done so thanks everybody well that's gonna do it for us tonight here at verbal tap i'm kevin thanks for listening good night and good fight
How many painkillers did you take today? Enough. <laughs>